Thank you for listening to Christian Family Church Podcast. Here at CFC, our mission is to live and communicate the power of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to the world around us. From wherever you're listening, we hope you'll be encouraged by this week's message. Lord, so good to be t- together again this morning. Uh, it's it's been a it's been a great week seeing all the things that have been happening here. Um, I had a, a busy week myself. I, I Tuesdays is my day off, pretty much categorically, except when I uh, have a, a wedding or a funeral. Not very many weddings on Tuesdays, actually. When I say that, um, uh, and occasionally I have a. Um, part of the CRC state executive and had a couple of meetings on Monday, Tuesday in Melbourne this week and it's just been a really full week. Um, just appreciate your prayers too for Friday. Um, some of you would remember Carmel, Carmel Alloy, her, her son just recently passed away and the family got in touch with me and said, you, you did our mum's funeral, we'd love you to, to do... Um, now I've got a mental blank... Um, Apologies, check with me afterwards, I'll double check. I haven't spoken with the family themselves yet, but um, just thank, appreciate your prayers for Friday as I meet with the family. Um, I'll actually be doing the, the, the service in St Mary's and they've welcomed me to come and do that there and just appreciate them doing that. And, uh, but yeah, just appreciate your prayers for Friday. Through all the things that are happening, life always has its curveballs, doesn't it? It's uh, unexpected moments that come, but... Uh, uh, I was about to start reading my notes from last week, and uh, I wonder if you would have noticed if I preached the same message. Uh, let's just skip across here. Uh, it's a few pages. There we are. <laughs> this morning, we are continuing in the book of Hebrews, and uh, last week, we started a new series on the book of Hebrews. Jesus is the true light. He is the true and living water who gives life to our souls. He's the real deal. He is not a mirage. He's not a false hope. He is the one true and living God. And he's come to give us life. And to be honest, Joe, I think you've already preached my message through the scriptures you've shared, the songs we've sung. Praise God for that. Um, I don't have a title for this morning's message. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to put the challenge out to you. By the end of the message, you can come up with a title. You can chat about it over lunch. What do you think the title of the sermon should have been today? Um, Andrew couldn't decide. You you can chat about it amongst yourselves. there we are. It's great to hear some feedback from some of the life groups as you've gone through the, the text last week and gone through the study um, and, and hearing about some of the things that God's bringing out as you talk about the scriptures as well. I encourage you, if you're not part of a life group, maybe you want to put on a care card and sign up and, and get a part of a life group. Let's just pray before we open up to Hebrews chapter 2 this morning. Thank you, God. Lord, we just thank you for this time. Lord God, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that it is... Lord, it is alive, it is powerful, and God, I just pray that you would help us to open our hearts, open our minds to hear what you want to say to us by your spirit this morning, Lord. I thank you, Lord, even as I speak, that you're speaking to different people in different ways, and Lord, it's, it's your spirit at work through your word, and I just pray, Lord, that you would have your way in each and every one of us, Lord, in this moment, whether we're here in the room, whether we're watching online right now, or in a week or two years from now, that someone is watching this message, Lord, we just pray that you would have your way. We thank you for your presence, that you are here with us, that you know us completely, Lord, and you want to speak into our hearts and lives. We just invite you, Lord, right now to have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. 
pick up my things I'm dropping on the floor. Daily Bible reading, grab, encourage you to grab one of them um, up the back table. Let's open up to Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1. And we're going to read from verse 1 to 18 this morning. If you're taking notes, I know people like to write down the reference from here to there. Verse 1 all the way to 18. Let's read it together. So, actually, before I go there... <laughs> Last week, we, we actually only really read the first four verses, if, in case you didn't realize. Um, and it goes on in chapter one, talking about how Jesus is the, the one who gives life. And it goes on to say, it's not angels. Angels aren't the one. Jesus is the one. And uh, if you've read through that, I hope you've um, yeah, been blessed by that. It says, we go into chapter two, it says, So we must listen very carefully. To the truth we have heard, or we may drift away from it. If there's nothing else you hear this morning, let's read that again, because that is crucial. So we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard, or we may drift away from it. For the message God delivered through angels has always stood firm, and every violation of the law and every act of disobedience was punished. So what makes us think we can escape if we ignore this great salvation that was first announced by the Lord Jesus himself and then delivered to us by those who heard him speak? And God confirmed the message by giving signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit whenever he chose. And furthermore, it's not angels who will control the future world we are talking about. For in one place the scriptures say, What are mere mortals that you should think about them? Or a son of man that you should care for him? Yet you made them only a little lower than the angels, and crowned them with glory and honor. You gave them authority over all things. Now when it says all things, it means nothing is left out. But we have not yet seen all the things put under their authority. What we do see is Jesus who was given a position a little lower than the angels. And because he suffered death for us, he is now crowned with glory and honor. Yes, by God's grace, Jesus tasted death for everyone. God, for whom and through whom everything was made, chose to bring many children into glory. And it was only right that he should make Jesus, through his suffering, a perfect leader, fit to bring them into their salvation. So now Jesus and the ones he makes holy have the same Father. That is why Jesus is not ashamed to call them his brothers and sisters. For he said to God, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you among your assembled people. He also said, I will put my trust in him. That is, I and the children God has given me. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, The Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil, who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. We also know that the Son did not come to help angels. He came to help descendants of Abraham. Therefore, it was necessary for him to be made in every respect like us, his brothers and sisters, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. 
since he himself has gone through suffering and testing. He is able to help us when we are being tested. You know, as we read the Bible, as we read verses like verse 1 of chapter 2, I think our, in our minds, subconsciously, we can read it and say, yeah, it's so sad that some people can hear the truth and then drift away from it. It's so sad that some people do that. It's so sad that that person on you, you know, they were loving God and then they've, they've drifted from it. And it's so sad that they would do that. But I think if we're not careful, we don't reflect it upon ourselves. We can go, oh, it's so sad about them, but no, that's not about me. I'm not drifting. I'm all right. I'm, I'm all good. And we cannot think about how it applies to us. But as it says, we must listen very carefully to the truth or we may drift from it. We are a part of that. There are so many voices in this world. And it's interesting, it goes on in the very next verse and goes on to talk about those who received God's word through angels. And he's referring to how Moses received the law. And in Acts 7, it talks about how the angel of the Lord brought the, the law to Moses. And it says how every act of disobedience to that law was punished. Then he says in verse 3, So what makes us think we can escape if we ignore this great salvation that was first announced by the Lord Jesus himself? Now, just remembering the book of Hebrews is written in the first, first century to Jewish people, mostly Jewish believers, but I'm sure there were some Jews who were still kind of like, oh, this Jesus, I don't know, is he, isn't he? And the writer of Hebrews is kind of saying that the, the, the law that God gave to Moses through angels, if we disobeyed that, there was punishment. And now Jesus, God himself, has come. And surely, if Jesus, God in human flesh, has given us his word, there is consequences if we don't obey. He's saying, guys, first Moses came and we wouldn't listen to him. We wandered in the wilderness for 40 years because we wouldn't listen. And now Jesus has come and we wouldn't listen. He's like, guys, realize this is important. This is really, really, really important. <laughs> Point number one. What we hold will make us sink or swim. These, these Jewish believers, these Jewish people, they were holding so tightly to the law. They were, they'd, they'd come up with all these extra rules. The Mishnah, and, and, and they, they had all these rules and they were holding it so tightly that they couldn't see this Jesus who was the promised Messiah who was coming. They were holding so tightly that they couldn't see beyond their laws and their rules and their regulations to the one who had come for us. I wonder what, what are we holding? Are we holding things so tightly in this life that it's going to make us sink? What mindsets are we stuck in? What mindsets are we holding on to? Maybe as we came to Christ, we had some mindset about, um, I don't know, maybe we sort of thought, you know, Jesus is, God is merciful and he, he's going to forgive me, but I'm the worst of sinners, so he couldn't possibly love me. Maybe I'm going to go to heaven, but he couldn't possibly love me and care about me and want to speak to me. So I'll just kind of, I'll, I'll just settle for salvation and I'll just watch everyone else get involved with God and just kind of make it through. That's, that's a wrong mindset. 
God's love is for you. He wants to speak to you. He wants you to do life with Him. Every single person. I wonder what wrong mindsets we're holding. We must be so careful not to hold on to things that stop us from hearing from God. It can be our attitudes to one another. It can be unforgiveness. It can be anger at God. What are we holding on to that can stop us from hearing the truth, that stops us from hearing the truth and actually makes us drift away from the plan God has for us? I wonder if you've ever been holding a bunch of things. Maybe you're walking out to the car, you're going on a day trip to the beach, you know, you've got the, you've got the beach toys, you've got the towels, you've got the bathers, you've got the lunch, you've got the drink bottles, and you're kind of like trying to juggle it all at once. And if you're like me, you, your wife offers you a bag and you say, no, no, I've got it. Anyone else? No, that's just me. Um, and, you, and you're walking out and you're holding all these things, you suddenly get to that point and you're like, oh no, I'm about to drop everything. And there's that moment of going, do I just let it all go? What am I going to hold on to? What's the one thing that I'm going to catch? Like, is there a glass drink bottle here? What what am I actually holding? What's important here? I think spiritually, we need to think, what are we going to allow to drop? What are the things we're holding that we are holding so tightly that are stopping us truly holding on to the truth of God's Word in our heart? What are the mindsets? What are the things we're holding Never forget when Nick Vujicic or Vujicic or however you say his last name, <laughs> the guy with no arms and legs, we had him come and speak here about uh, 20 years ago, I'm going to say. <laughs> and he was talking about how, you know, we all have things in our life that, that are hard, but will we let those things go like a bowling ball and just let them go instead of letting them make us sink to the bottom? Are we going to let those things go and grab onto God or are we going to hold on to those things so tightly that we go down with the bowling ball. We go down with those things. Let it go. Give it to God. Let Him change our mindsets. What are we holding? Okay. Yeah, let it go. Woo. I've got to say, sometimes I know the truth. You know, I'm a, I'm a pastor. I, I, I try and do what God's calling me to do and do the things He's telling me to do. But underneath, I've got to be honest, sometimes I get anxious. Sometimes I have a mindset that makes me get overwhelmed. Sometimes I have a mindset that makes me get frustrated. God, why are you doing this? Why isn't this happening? God, we had this plan five years ago. Why has it still not happened? I can get frustrated by wrong mindsets. hope you're not too shocked. (laughs) I can do the right things with a bad attitude. Is it just me? (laughs) it's better to do the right thing with a bad attitude I guess anyway (laughs) I've got to say this just this week it has been such a joy some of you are enjoying that comment too much (laughs) just this week it has been so exciting to see so many people in this place setting up and packing up and cleaning up and setting up for the next program and getting things ready for the next program and setting up and packing up and cleaning up. We've had Kids Inc. and Mops and, and Youth and, and all these things happening and it's been a joy to see so many people helping out in those things and, and working together for the glory of God. And we know that people aren't, their, their souls are not saved by water slides and pink flamingos. Um, there's been a lot of pink flamingos and water slides setting up going on. And we know those things do not save people, but you know what? We want to create a space for people to come and be loved, 
to come and, and hear the message about Jesus, that they are loved by God and that he has a future and a hope for them. And I just want to say thank you to all those who have, who have served and, and some of you, only you will know, only you and God know, what you've done and the prayers you've prayed, the time you've spent preparing to create a space for people to hear about God. And I just am so grateful to see that happening. We had an awesome time Friday night. I have got a very sore heel from stepping on a gum nut as I ran through the slime pit and slipped over and went face first into the slime. It was really fun, but I have got a sore heel. I'm a little bit sore. I was digging out fence posts yesterday. I'm not sure if it's that or youth that's made me a bit sore today, but anyway. Let's be open to the Holy Spirit. Even as we serve, even as we come together on a Sunday morning in life groups, Let's be open to the Holy Spirit and allow Him to point out the attitudes in our heart. Sometimes even as we're doing the right thing, we can have the wrong motive. We can have a bad attitude. We can be holding on to things that stop us actually hearing what God wants to say to, to us as we serve. Now, sometimes we, we feel like we need to pull back because we need some me time. We need some G time so He can point out that keep serving and just do it in God's strength. <laughs> Seriously. Let's read verse 4. And it says, And God confirmed the message by giving signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts to the Holy Spirit whenever He chose. And still, whenever He chooses, He's doing signs and wonders and miraculous things, healing people's bodies and lives. God is a God of wonders. Jesus is the true light. He's the living water. He is the rock on which we stand. And he goes on in verse 5 talking about who's going to control this future world. And he says it's, it's not angels. And he quotes from Psalm 8. Actually, we're going to skip over and read Psalm 8 for a moment. Psalm 8, verse 1 to 9, it says, O Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Your glory is higher than the heavens. You have taught children and infants to tell of your strength, silencing your enemies and all who oppose you. When I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set in place, what are mere mortals that you should think about them, human beings that you should care for them? Actually, Rochelle and I went outside last night and we looked up to the stars and all we could see was rain. And I was sort of thinking, oh God, I'm preaching about this tomorrow. Can I just see one star? But I know they're still there. <laughs> Sometimes we can't go out and look at the stars in the craziness of our day, but the stars are still there, and he's still the majestic God in heaven. Maybe you only can see the rain, but he still reigns. <laughs> Where was I up to? Verse 5, you made, Yet you made them only a little lower than God, and crowned them with glory and honour. You gave them charge of everything you made, putting all things under their authority the flocks and the herds and all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, and everything that swims in the ocean currents. O Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. You know, in the beginning, and maybe as you read that, you're thinking of Psalm, uh, Psalm, Genesis 1. In the beginning, God gave humanity dominion. He gave them, uh, us authority. He said, rule over the creation, the fish in the sea, the, the animals, the birds in the sky. Rule and reign, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. You know, that always goes really, really well, doesn't it? 
Sorry, sarcasm isn't my favourite humour, but uh, that was sarcasm in case you didn't realise. The very next verse, the very chapter, instead of Adam and Eve speaking out and declaring what God said is true and having dominion over those animals, that snake, and saying, no, God has said. They listened to what the serpent says. They wanted what he's offering. He says, you'll be like God. And they wanted more power. They wanted this thing that they thought maybe God was holding back from them. The next chapter, Cain and Abel. God accepts Abel's offering. Cain gets angry. He doesn't want to be thought of as any less than his little brother or his big brother. Which way around is it? Anyway, he doesn't want to be any thought, thought of as any less than his brother. So what does he do? He goes out into the field and he kills his brother. That is shocking. It should mess with our heads that anyone would do that. Like, sure, brothers, sisters, they drive us nuts at times, let's be honest. But hey, that's, that's the depravity of humanity. Have a think about every superhero movie you've ever watched. Every Marvel movie you've watched. I actually went and saw Avatar through the week when I was in Melbourne. We had an evening free and a few of us went and saw the, the movie. Man, it is long. I was tired. I'm thinking, when is this going to end? It's not my recommendation. Anyway, um, every one of those movies you watch, you know, things start off and like life's going okay. It's all pretty good. Then someone turns up. And they want power, they want authority, they want dominion over everyone else. And then the good guys turn up and they help everyone see that God is the creator of the heavens and the earth and He called us to love one another and serve each other. And they all fall on their knees in repentance and it's amazing, there's this revival and all the people praise God and it ends and everyone's like, this is so good, isn't it? That's how it happens. Sorry, there's my really bad sarcasm again. That's not how it happens. They smash him and they crash him and they plug against this bad dude and they, and they smash him some more and in the end they probably try and kill him. And if they can't kill him, he goes off to some other floating universe to come back for the sequel because they can't end the movie there. They've got to make more money. And if they do get the bad guy, everyone celebrates. The bad guy's dead. The good guys have got authority and power again. It's all good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's crazy, the movies we watch, the storylines. That's the way things go when humanity grabs at power. I wonder if you remember the schoolyard and the, the hustles, the, the, the things that go on in the schoolyard, the people trying to have power, the people say things, put that down, person down so they feel better and they feel like they're bigger than the other guy over there and this goes on. And that. Does anyone remember Maybe you don't have to try too hard to think about it. Maybe it happens in your workplace. The power struggles. Hopefully not. Pray for those in, those in your workplace. But here in Hebrews chapter 2, we read, he says, who's going to rule in heaven? He says it's not the angels, but he says this son of man will have authority over all things. Now, just to check, last night when the rain came, when those big gusts of wind came, maybe you've been in some other situation where there's been a storm. I wonder if there's anyone who's actually spoken to the wind and it stopped. I've tried. I've tried really hard sometimes. <laughs> no. 
Maybe if you're, if you're thinking, yeah, he's given us, with, with, his, with his children, we've got all authority. You know, I encourage you to go and read the last few chapters of Job. There is only one God in heaven and earth. And he is the one with all authority. At the end, I'm going to point out that he's given us authority to, to, to stand in his name. But he quotes from Psalm 8, and we get this interesting contrast between how God did give humanity dominion on earth to rule over the animals and the creation he made through Adam. But now then we see in, in, in Hebrews, we see that through Christ, this second Adam, this true son of man, that we can enter into his glory as brothers and sisters of Christ. Now let that sink in for a moment. That God who became human and dwelt among us, the saviour of the world, calls you his brother and his sister. He loves you completely. He, he, if he was here in this room, he'd want to walk up and just hug you and say, I love you, my brother. I love you, my sister. But hang on, let's just not get ahead of ourselves just yet. Point number two, Jesus has all authority. Jesus has all authority. Last week we talked about, we looked at, He is the one seated in honour in heaven. We talked about He is the one who made and sustains all things. He has all authority. Let's not forget that when it feels like life is just flowing against us. Jesus has all authority. And it continues in verse 8. It says, Now when it says all things, it means nothing is left out. But we have not yet seen all things put under their authority. What we do see is Jesus, who has given a position a little lower than the angels. The word angels in the, in the Hebrew text actually is Elohim, a little lower than God. And because he suffered death for us, he is now crowned with glory and honor. Yes, by God's grace, Jesus tasted death for everyone. God, for whom and through whom everything was made, chose to bring many children into glory. He chose, his desire is to bring us into glory. And it was only right that he should make Jesus through his suffering a perfect leader, fit to bring them into their salvation. So now Jesus and the ones he makes holy, that's all who call on his name, have the same father. That is why Jesus is not ashamed to call them his brothers and sisters. He's not ashamed of you. He's not ashamed of you. For he said to God, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you among your assembled people. That quote is from Psalm 22, which is a messianic psalm of David. It's the Psalm 22 where he says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It talks about how from the womb you led me. It says, They throw dice for my clothing as they surround me like a pack of dogs, as they gloat. And Mark, he says he's not ashamed to call you his brother and sister. And it goes on in verse 14. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. 
You know, the, the power of the devil has been broken. The power of death has been broken. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. We also know the Son did not come to help angels. He came to help the descendants of Abraham, humanity. Therefore, it was necessary for him to be made in every respect like us, his brothers and sisters, so that he could be our merciful and faithful. You know, he's faithful even when we aren't. Our merciful and faithful high priest before God. Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away, it is gone, the sins of the people. Since he himself has gone through suffering and testing, he is able to help us when we are being tested. Point number three, Jesus became human to help us in our humanity. Jesus knows what it is to be human. He became fully human. He dwelt among people. He, he grew up as a child. He's, he knows the struggle it is to be human. He was tested and tempted. He understands our struggles and our weaknesses. And he gave his life for us on the cross so that anyone who comes to him, anyone who comes under his authority will be saved. Now, this week in the daily Bible reading plan, if you're reading along, you would have read Colossians, 1, uh, Colossians 3. It talks about set your sights on the realities of heaven. Think about the things of heaven, the things that Christ has done for us. Now, every spiritual blessing in Christ is ours through him. But church, we must make a choice. We must make a choice. What are we holding on to? Are we trying to rule and reign our own lives? Are we trying to do things in our human strength? Or are we choosing to come under the authority of Christ? You imagine you're out in the rain one day and someone gives you an umbrella. It's a great umbrella, but it's not much use unless you come underneath the thing. Jesus came to give his life for you that you could be set free from the power of sin and death. He offers you his salvation, but we must come under his umbrella. We must come under his authority. We must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard or we will drift from it. I just want to read two last verses. Maybe I get the band to come. John chapter 3 and verse 6. Actually, that's up there, is it? Yep. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. Other translations say flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives life to spirit. We cannot change ourselves. We cannot lead ourselves into salvation. It's only by coming to Him. It's only by the Holy Spirit that we are created anew. And just jumping ahead in our series a little bit to Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 19. It says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. We have this hope as an anchor for our soul. This is the hope of the world. You know, I wish there was a word for anchor that was kind of, um, I don't know how to express this, the opposite of an anchor. It's like an anchor keeps the boat safe by being anchored to a place. And that's, that's good, but I wish there was a word for like, 
an anchor that helps you stay free. Because really, I think that's what Christ has come to do. He's not an anchor that weighs you down. Like you think of an anchor, you're like, oh, Jesus, you're my anchor. That's heavy. No, he's, He sets us free. Not to sail into rocks, not to sail into reefs, but He wants to set you free that you might be free indeed to have life. As I was thinking about it, it reminds me again of Psalm 119, verse 32. I run in the path of your command, for you have set my heart free. He sets us free to have life, to be free from those things that weigh us down. But it's only under Christ's authority. It's only as we live under Him, as we come under Him, that we are truly free. Let's listen to His call and come to Him day by day. I had a whole heap of verses I was going to read, but I think I'll just... To say, you know, Matthew 28, Jesus said, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, I, I tell you, go and make disciples. In Luke 9, he says to the disciples, he says, he gives them power and authority to go out and to, to heal the sick, to cast out demons. Other places he talks about how he, whatever you bind in, on earth will be bound in heaven. And, and he has given us authority in his name to pray for the sick. He's given us authority to, to, to live in the freedom that He has won for us. And God, help us to stand in that, to boldly come before the throne of grace and bring our needs, our requests to God because He loves you. He cares about you. As I said, we can have wrong mindsets and think, oh, God, God might have set me free from, it, from my sin, but He couldn't possibly care about this thing going on in my life. That's a lie. God cares about every part of your life. And I want to encourage you, come boldly before His throne of grace. Maybe you've prayed about that thing before and you think, oh, God said no, so it mustn't be His will. Pray again. If your desire hasn't changed, pray again. God is able. He's given us authority to pray.